0: Welcome to the Grace Experience with Grace Wood. Being raised as a devout Sunni Muslim woman, but much like the Apostle Paul, radically saved by Jesus with her own Damascus Road experience. Let's join Grace now and learn the lessons that she has learned from her Heavenly Father and rekindle our relationship with Him. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Grace Wood. Everybody, my name is Grace and you are listening to the Grace Experience. Some of you may or may not know I am a former Sunni Muslim and I've been born again since 2006. The podcast that I'm doing is based upon my life experiences as I transitioned from Islam into Christianity and how I walk out many different things and how I've overcome many things and how I've gone through the process of healing. I want to share my experiences with you in the hopes that you are inspired. Some of us are living unhealed lives. And when I'm talking about healing, I'm not just talking about physical healing because a lot of times when we think about healing, we think about sickness in our bodies. I'm talking about physical and emotional healing. The subject of my podcast today is, does God want us well? Does God want us healed? And the answer is yes. God wants us whole for many, many reasons. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. So it's God's good pleasure for us to be whole. I've been on a quest for healing since 2014. That's when it truly, truly began for me. And I'm here to tell you it's not easy, but it's doable. It will make you stronger. It will give you new eyes and you look at people and you look at life differently as you heal. In 2014, I remember I found out some devastating news and I was in a very deep, deep depression. I was sitting one day, the Lord said to me, I, the spirit of truth, will tear down a legacy of deceit brick by brick. I will break a foundation of lies and I will rebuild on the foundation that is of Christ of right living and holiness. I'll say it again. He said, I, the spirit of truth, will tear down a legacy of deceit brick by brick, break a foundation of lies and rebuild on a foundation that is of Christ of right living and holiness. And that's when my true healing began. You see, I had grew up in an environment where there were many untruths, where things happened and no one did anything about it. So there were things that I didn't know. And the way God has built me, I welcome truth. And so when the Lord said that to me, it did something to me because I've always desired to know the truth about that particular subject that I just found out. Even though I knew the truth, I would have said because for so long I was lied to, but God was telling me, no, it's okay because we're gonna do this together. When God talks to people like me, when I say people like me, I'm talking about ex-Muslims. He talks to us in a way that's very obvious because he comes to us in visions, in dreams, or he's audible. For me, in my journey, God has spoken to me mainly in visions, through visions. But this time was different because I just started writing when God said to me, he would restore everything. He would break it all up. He would grind it to powder, but he would rebuild it. And he said, I will give you strategies and you will overcome these things. And then I want you to teach other people the things I've taught you. So, When I see people healing, when I see people desiring healing, it really excites me because even though I know the process is not easy, but I know that it's doable and I know that God wants to heal us. While I was researching this topic, I discovered healing is mentioned in the Bible 138 times. And if you look at Jesus's ministry, he either was on the way to heal somebody, or he was in the process of healing somebody. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 By the whooping of Jesus, you were healed. Everything, if you notice, is about healing. He wanted us to behold The woman with the issue of blood, the blind man, the deaf man, the woman at the well. When I think of the woman at the well, I think of emotional healing because of everything that she experienced, we don't know what made her live the life that she lived or make those choices that she made. We don't know when we meet people, like what makes somebody do these things. But God sometimes gives us a glimpse of somebody's pain and then he gives us compassion and then he'll give us the words to use, right? God simply wants us to be whole to bring Him glory because it makes Him look good. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that God is a narcissist or He wants to have Himself on display. No. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He gave us His best when He gave us Jesus. He didn't halfway do anything. He gave us everything. He gave us His whole life. Why wouldn't He want us whole? A couple of months ago, I used to work in a hospital. And at the hospital, they have an area, well, a cancer hospital. The Holy Spirit told me to go and sit there. So I thought by me sitting there that he wanted me to pray for people. But for two weeks straight, I just went there and I sat, and I was waiting for people to come so I could pray for them. But as I sat there, I began to observe people. And some of the people, they were diagnosed, freshly diagnosed, or they got some bad news about their prognosis or something and god led me to a room and in the meditation room is a book and i opened the book and the book had all these prayer requests so after that i would go there every day and i'd pick up this book and i would just pray for the people that had written the prayer in the book this journal was like a prayer journal and i met so many amazing people but there's one person i met in particular he was an older gentleman one of the things that stood out about what he said was that a lot of times when people are you know, that sick, they have many regrets. And he said one of his regrets was that he didn't spend enough time with his family, that he didn't forgive easily, that he, he wished he let go of so many things that he now is regretting because he wasted so much time. And as I was talking to this gentleman, I was so moved because I was like, God, thank you for bringing me to this place. Because, you know, sometimes when, when God sends you somebody to pray, you always think you're there to help them or help that person, right? But in return you are also blessed and he opened my eyes and he made me realize that oh my goodness disease in our bodies really start from the emotional trauma that we experience i mean guys i could tell you testimony after testimony about the things that god has shown me when it comes to healing and why he wants to heal us i remember another time i was praying And I I, I had a vision again and I saw an ulcer and this ulcer was oozing, all this nasty stuff, right? And I asked the Lord what that was and he said it was an ulcer and he said, that is bitterness in the human body. That's what happens when we allow ourselves to be bitter. When we allow ourselves, our thoughts to be overtaken by things that we really can't control. You cannot control what people do to you. You only can control what you do how you respond, and if you choose to heal. Because remember, healing starts with a decision and a choice. And I honestly thought that there was somebody else. But as time progressed, I realized that there was me. There were things that God had to heal me from that I didn't even think was an issue. Because I thought I arrived. (laughs) As many of us sometimes think, we don't have an issue with that. But yes, I was struggling with anger. And sometimes I still struggle. And I was struggling with unforgiveness. I thought I forgave the people that hurt me, but there was still residue. And God said, I want you to be in full-time ministry, but I can't use you at the level that I want to use you because not only will you hurt yourself, but you'll hurt other people. Now, can you imagine God tells you full-time ministry, but says, wait a moment, I'm going to heal you first. So a lot of times when God speaks, we often think, Well, at least I'll speak for myself that I need to move immediately. But no, he was telling me what's going to happen. But hey, wait a minute. I got to do these things in you before I can let you go. So it comes back to why why does God want us well? Because it's connected to our purpose. I don't know what your purpose is or what God called you to do, but I know that the plan that he has for you is perfect just for you. He knows everything about your life. He knows the errors you're going to make. I want you to think about this for a moment. Think of proverbs 8 where the bible talks about when god was there with wisdom the bible says he delighted with wisdom so i want you to picture yourself okay And there's this voidless form and God is standing with wisdom and he sees you and he's going to create you and he knows everything about you, all your quirks, of course, because he's God, all the things you will do well, all the things you will struggle with, all the hurt that you will go through, all the pain that you would experience. There's nothing that surprises God and there's nothing you can do that could ever make God not love you because he already knew, right? You're pre-planned. He knows And while he was creating you, him and wisdom danced together and delighted. Oh my goodness, that excites me because when I think that I am not a mistake, you are not a mistake. So God already knows that you're gonna experience these things. He knows that people are gonna hurt us. Because of sin in the world, things happen, guys. People get molested, people get raped, divorces happen. Children are killed and murdered. Is it okay? It's not okay. But we have free will so we make choices that affect other people and that hurt other people and so when these things do happen god has prepared a way for us to overcome jesus said in the bible in this world you will have trouble but to take heart i have overcome the world that means you an overcomer i'm an overcomer there's something about the word survive that i it's not a bad word but god gave me some revelation of that when i say the word survive To me, it feels like I'm just making it. But when I say I've overcome something, that means I am done with it. It no longer propels me to make crazy decisions. Now, it does not mean that I don't feel pain or that I don't hurt. No, I will hurt and I will feel pain, but it no longer has power over me. I can ignore it. I can discard it. I can disregard it. So you may be saying, Grace, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how wicked I've been. No, I don't know, but God does. And guess what? You are alive today and God is waiting with open arms for you to just come and ask him to heal you. God wants you well because it brings him glory. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that God is looking to be praised and he's, you know, like like man is prideful. No. He deserves all the honor and all the praise. You know, when I think about Jesus and his humility and how he humbled himself unto death, when you read in the word of God, he never cursed out at anybody that was disrespecting him or spitting on him or beating him. He was humble and he was meek and he took it. Why? Because he had you on his mind and on his heart. Before the foundation of the earth, he already knew what he was going to do. God sent Jesus and that was Jesus's purpose was to die because had he not died, where would we be? So why wouldn't he want us healed? Some of us think, well, all these bad things happened to me and where is God? Well I can answer that because I remember asking God the very same thing, Lord, why did you allow these things to happen? Why do I have to struggle with these things? And I was relentless in asking him because I just didn't understand why do I have to struggle. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do the same things that my father did. So I don't understand why he did what he did, God. And the Lord said one thing to me. He said, it is by my grace that you don't have the appetite or the desire to do what your dad did. And I never questioned him again. He said, it is by my grace. And his grace is sufficient. And I never asked him again, why? Because I knew that I was not going to be the same parent that I had and I'm not saying that I have bad parents no they parented from a place of what they knew right so I said to God Lord help me to be the mother you want me to be I don't want to mimic anybody I don't want to compare to anybody I just want you to show me and as I healed and began to heal the things that I was taught as a child it kind of just went away so I didn't parent how I was parented does that make sense i didn't do the same things that was done to me i did things differently and i still do things differently do i sometimes sound like my mother of course she is my mother so she does have some kind of influence over me the difference between my mother and i is that i have the holy ghost who lives inside of me who checks me who gives me a conscience and says grace not like that do it like this And the reason why God does it is because I made up in my mind that I was going to partner with him to raise my children. And so I said, God, partner with me and help me to raise these children in the fear and admonition of you. God, help me to give them a foundation that is you, God. And as I healed, the plans for their lives became clear. Okay, I'm not a perfect parent. I make many mistakes still. But again, I have the Holy Ghost that helps me. Why else does God want us healed? is because he wants us to be a good witness. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God wants you well and whole so that you can propagate the gospel. You were not just created to be born, grow old, inherit diseases and die. No, your purpose is so much greater than that. In your purpose is healing, divine healing. In your purpose is prosperity. In your purpose is good life. You know, a man or woman of God cannot teach what they don't do. You can't teach somebody to do something if you don't do it. You can't teach somebody to be effective if you're not effective. There are some people that you will be the only Bible that they see. They have been through so much hurts. They don't want to talk to a pastor. They don't want to talk to anybody that's in the body of Christ, okay? So when they see you, when they see us, they should see Jesus. They should see that the Jesus that we are talking about is real. The Bible says in Matthew 28:19, "'Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.'" If you understand the heart of God, if you really think back and look at the Bible, which is the greatest love story ever written, if God sent Jesus, that means souls are important. So if souls are important to God, then they have to be important to you. They have to be your number one priority. They have to be the thing that drives you. It has to be where you to a point where you have to consult God in everything that you do now I'm not saying I do that all the time because sometimes I get impatient like many of us do and want to run ahead of God I found that when I do that I make many mistakes when I try to rush my healing I came back full circle I thought I was healed but it was just a band-aid fix but when I allowed God to be God and I said Lord take over my thought processes take over my mouth take over my mind God take over Everything that I am is yours, God. I, I don't know another way except your way. And because God had told me that He was going to break the foundation, everything about me, He was gonna make me new. You know, Second Corinthians 5 17 says, If any man be in Christ is a new creation, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. That means I don't have a past. That means I've got a new start, a fresh start when I confess the Lordship of Christ, when you confess the Lordship of Christ, all the attributes of God was imputed into you, okay? So there's some things we don't even have to pray about. We don't have to beg God to do certain things. For example, when you feel like you need to make a decision and you know that you need the wisdom of God, you don't say, God, please give me wisdom. You say, the wisdom of God is activated in my spirit. You have to have a consciousness, a Christ consciousness, as these things have been made available to you. You have to remember that you have the most prestigious seat in the kingdom. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus far above powers and principalities. That's what you have. The Bible says, as he is, so are you. God has given us everything, but you have to fight for the desire to want to be whole. You have to remind yourself what is important. For me, I like to write lists. I write all the time. I make a list. What's important? What's not important? What can I live with? What can I live without? What am I willing to give up? These things that I want to give up, does it bring God glory? Is it going to change somebody else's life? And if it's just dead things, it has to go. It has to go because at the end of the day, God didn't take me out of Islam for me to do nothing with it he didn't take bad of islam for me to be quiet about it god told me very early on he said you're gonna help other muslims transition you're gonna show them how to stay in the faith i'll never forget i was sitting in east dallas in a car wash and i was very new christian and i was sitting there and i was so afraid because i had not came out to my family and i was talking to the lord and i'm like god you know jesus i love you so much and there's nothing else I want to do, but just serve you. And the Lord said, well, you can serve me by helping other people transition by remembering the promise I made him because I made a vow to God. And I said, Jesus, if you are the God of Christianity, show me a sign. And I will tell everybody, I will declare your glory before nations. I didn't even understand what I was saying. I would say so much things that <laughs> and when I think back on it, I'm like, what I know now, i never would have said those things but i did and i said if you show me that you're the true living god i will tell everybody i won't hide it i won't be quiet i'll tell it and that includes the willingness to be whole because i can't help anybody if i'm struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness you can't help anybody if you're struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness how can you be a prophetic person and yet you speak in hate and you speak in filth and you cursing people y'all I can tell you stories I've been stopped in the middle of praying I remember one time being so angry at a person and I was praying and the Lord said don't force my hand I didn't hear him because I was going in okay and he said it again and when he said it again he said it so strongly that I stopped and I repented Had I continued praying, God would have answered my prayer. If you look at the children of Israel, when they wanted a king, God gave them a king, even though that was not his perfect plan for them. Because you are his child, he will answer your prayers, just like he gave them a king. But that was not his perfect plan. He told the prophet, if they have a king, what was gonna happen? The prophet went back to the people, told them, but still they wanted a king because they saw the other nations having kings and they wanted that too. And when the Lord said to me, Don't force my hand. I remember that. And I immediately repented and I changed my prayers. There are other times when I've been angry and I remember praying about a woman who was, I called her a character assassinator because she was spreading lies. And I remember saying, God put a muzzle on her mouth and God said, no. He said, pray love into her. And I shifted and I prayed a different type of prayer because even though what she was doing God still loved her desperately. There are times when we pray things from our unhealed place and it's not good guys. I remember one time I was really upset about something and I just started saying some things. And then I started seeing that at the end of words was roots. Now, you know, when you say something, you cannot take it back. It is. But I had to repent. And the Bible even says that for every idle word spoken, you're going to be questioned about that. And when you unhealed, honestly, like, I didn't care what I was saying. Because if it made me mad, I wouldn't be mad and I going not let you know. But God wasn't pleased with me. He wasn't happy with the way I was behaving. But honestly, I liked how it made me feel when I was angry I liked the fact that I could move somebody with my words because you see most of my life I felt powerless and so those were the times when I felt the most powerful because I knew that I could out talk anybody I knew that I was intelligent that if I put my mind to do something I knew I could do it and that's all pride and God doesn't like that he didn't give me abilities to use it against people. He gave it to me to bring him glory. I have done and said many terrible things that I cannot take back. I've ruined relationships because I was angry. But I really wasn't angry, I was hurt. And my hurt translated into anger. It was only until a couple of years ago when I was at work and I was complaining to God and I said, Lord, I'm angry. And the Lord said, How do you feel? And I said, I'm angry. And he kept saying over and over, how do you feel? And then I finally realized, no, I wasn't angry. I was hurt. And once I acknowledged that hurt, I knew that the process now had to change. So when I felt angry, I had to ask myself, okay, what is it that's making me feel this way? I had to identify the root. And once I identified the root, my response was different. But I also knew that it was important to take captive of my thoughts very early when I started feeling those feelings. And it's not easy, but it starts with the decision. I want it to be better. So again, does God want us well? Yes. And why does God want us well? Because it brings Him glory and it helps us to be a good witness. I don't know about you, but the legacy that I want to leave is not about what I did at my job or how I made my money to feed my children and feed myself and clothe, and clothe them and clothe myself. No, I wanna be known as a woman of great faith, a woman that loved God, loved God's people. That's the legacy I wanna leave. A woman that made impact, that was effective in the things of God. So I strive towards that. I chase God. And if you don't have a desire for things of God, ask Him because everything starts with the desire, with you wanting to do these things. Like I remember thinking when I first became a Christian, like why do Christians walk around like they don't have a God that talks, like God is not communicating with them. And I realized that it was a desire. They didn't have a desire. So I said, God, give me a desire for your word. And so whenever I pray with somebody, I always say to them, ask God for desire. Because if you ask for a desire, you're going to have a hunger in you. The thing that excites me the most is the word of God. Really, like I get like a kid when I get revelation. I will be laying in bed and I'll think about a particular scripture and just waves of excitement. And I'll ask the Lord like, God, what inspired you to give Paul this particular scripture? What was it that you put on on Abraham's heart or, or Moses and because I like to know, I'm very curious. I've always been that way. I just wanna know like, God, what were you thinking? And that's how we dialogue. And that's how you communicate with me. He knows exactly how to communicate with us. So today, before I leave, I wanna pray with you. I want God to give you a desire to heal. Father, in the name of Jesus, whoever's listening to this podcast, Father, I pray that they know how much you love them, God, and how much you want them whole, and how much you want them to function at their very best because it is your good pleasure, God. And those that feel awful about the things that they've done, God, I speak that repentance will be a lifestyle for them, that repentance will become a lifestyle, not for, sh- for them, but for all of us, God, that we're asking you for forgiveness quickly and we don't wait, that we don't allow the enemy to make us feel bad about things that we've done because you already know God you already know everything that we've done everything that we're going to do you knew this before the foundation of the earth there's no mistake in anything god and we thank you lord that it is your good pleasure to heal us that not only in our physical bodies but in our emotions father i thank you and i love you in jesus name We hope that you have enjoyed today's show of The Grace Experience. Be sure and like her Facebook page, Grace Wood, host of The Grace Experience Show. You can email her at experiencegrace2020 at gmail.com. Join us next week for The Grace Experience.